Tim Beers. I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk a little bit about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we feel like. Pretty much. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I am doing quite well. Ooh. Especially now. Apparently. That's a little uh, pallet jack, my friend. Yeah, a little barley browns. What are you drinking? Same thing. (laughs) Yeah. These were uh, two six-packs I found that I had to go hunting for. Went all over the city. Open season on pallet jack? Uh, in the can. They don't can their pallet jack until just recently. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And uh, John's went through 15 cases in less than a day. Holy smokes. So, uh, and I wanted to have some pallet jack for tonight, and I also wanted to have some over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, up at the lake, and couldn't find it anywhere. Used the untapped app, looking for beers near me, and found it at a little market deli called Capital Highway Market and Deli. Really? The beer selection? Fantastic. I've never heard of this place. Yeah. A lot of them think a lot of people have. Andy, our little buddy Andy, introduced us to Little Beast and some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, dude, that place is John's. Like, <laughs> it doesn't have the like notoriety of John's. Yeah. But the selection is unreal. This is freaking awesome. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I'm walking back and forth the aisle. I can't find uh, Pallet Jack. I'm getting a little frustrated. So I snag some sticky hands. <laughs> and, uh, and then as I'm snagging the sticky hands, I see from the corner of my eyeball in the back of the fridge, Pallet Jack. Nice. So I pull the Pallet Jack, and there were two six-packs left. And the guy at Capitol uh, Highway Market? Yeah. He's like, that's all we've got. <laughs> it's like gold. It's like gold, baby. Like gold. Felt like I was raiding the toilet paper at a grocery store. <laughs> I didn't need two six-packs, but you know what? But it's Palajack. It's in short demand, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, Palajack. So I'm taking have. them all. Just like I'm taking all the ass wipe and all the bread yeast. Oh, boy. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> uh, well, it's not like I'm going to resell the pallet jack. That'd be illegal. Sure. But I'm going to brag every time I drink one. Well, yeah, you need to. Yeah. I mean, nobody else is going to be able to find it. Not with me on the prowl, baby. No. Well, so you're working a lot lately. Yeah. How's that going? It's going. Um, it, it's funny because I was getting... Schedule changes almost every four hours every day when I was doing days. Right. And, and now I'm on nights, and it's a lot more steady. I got a I got one change uh, Thursday night or whatever, and then they called me tonight wanting me to work. And I was like, yeah, there's no way. I can't do it. Yeah? Got a podcast. Huh. And they, uh, at least you're getting hours, though, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and that's the big thing is... Is with all the building closures that have happened throughout the Portland area. Uh, night times, there just there's just not a big uh, demand from from workers that want the night hour. So, huh. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. Well, there you go. No hours problem. are hours, baby. Exactly. Better than being on unemployment. Right. Oh God. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a nice little safety valve, but uh, yeah. they're a little backlogged over there at the state unemployment office. Well, not only are they backlogged, but apparently the system crashed. I read that. And people are having to reapply. Yeah. Crazy. Cameron checked today. He's doing good. So, you know, those unemployed lifeguards. Oh, yeah. Rough life. Rough life. Baywatch, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Cameron. His hair kind of looks like David Hasselhoff's, but more blonde lately. Yeah, because you can't get it cut, right? Yeah, you can't get it cut. Yeah. And it's got that, like, chlorine where it stands oh, yeah. up and gets a fro pretty easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Worst thing. So, um, let's see. Took the beer out of the fermenter today. Transferred it over to a keg. Yeah. And it smelled quite floral. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> now, that's the uh, world's most expensive beer. Hang on, I just slammed my can down, and it's splattered beer from the bottom of the can all over my monitor here. Well, that wasn't very smart. Well, now you got a beer monitor. Didn't say it was smart. I just said I'd slam my can down. All right. So, uh, yeah, it was the world's most expensive beer. Saffron app. beer. Some ungodly price per ounce of saffron. So. Um, and I didn't really think that that little bit would do much, but... Apparently it did, huh? It did a lot. It doesn't take a lot of saffron to mess around with things. Interesting. <clears throat> I do think uh, as I cold crash this thing, and I'm going to over-carb it, so it's almost champagne Yeah. And I think that'll knock or at least compete with a little bit of that uh, floral taste in it. That'll be interesting. <clears throat> and then I think in the summertime, it'll be nice and uh, refreshing. So you're going to have a Brute Saffron Ale. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to have a real foamy mess is what I'm going to have. But, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. It's going to be... It'll be interesting to see how much of this we drink. Huh. <laughs> so, hopefully Summer Lake Soccer starts up and we can see it. Serve yeah, it there. yeah, we, I'd love to get that started back up. But, yeah, yeah. Well, what about you? You were talking about brewing last week, uh, ordering some stuff. <laughs> yeah, and... I haven't got it ordered. What? I haven't got it ordered. You're doing a white stout. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I need to order is the yeast. So I was going to order that uh, Saturday. Yeah. And everything got thrown off with the work schedule. So now I'm going to do it tomorrow. So you're going to order yeast tomorrow? Yeah. All right. And find out when I can get it. So, Are you going to order it online, or are you going to just order it from Main Brew? Or? I'm going to or- try to order local. Yeah. Um, just one, I'm probably going to get it faster. Right. And two, just to support those guys so they can kind of keep going. But, huh. Um, I, I don't, I, the only thing I've got a, an issue with is when I'll be able to either pick it up or have it delivered. Because that's literally all I'm ordering is just the yeast. And you've got everything else. Yeah, I've got everything else on mm-hmm. hand. Interesting. Well, I'm eyeballing what I'm going to brew. I think I'm going to do Debbie's Cream Ale, I believe, but uh, maybe not. So we scored a fantastic deal uh, over at Grocery Outlet, of all places. Really? Um, a buck ninety-nine for a bomber of pre-prohibition Kawanda Cream Ale. Oh, wow. Uh, for for a bomber, a buck ninety nine. Yeah, that's a steal. That's ridiculous. So I was talking to their beer buyer over there in King City, 
and she was saying that she called over there because it's such a screaming deal. They have, I want to say, I want to say forty cases. No, it was more than that. I think it was five hundred cases. Wow. Left at that price. So at that price. At that price. So yeah, they're screaming stuff out. Holy smokes. Yep. So. I don't know if I'm going to brew her her thing. I might be messing around. I might actually... And hold your ears, baby. I might make an IPA. What? Yep. Wow, I thought I was the only one that cowed to that. Well, I started dating this girl, and uh, she really likes IP. <laughs> no, that was you. <laughs> That's brutal, dude. <laughs> brutal. No, I, brutal. I don't know. Brutal. I think I'm going to try my hand. Yeah. I, I'm gonna make an imperial IPA. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> just go, just go all the way to the extreme. Well, just do it. Eh, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. I could change my mind. Maybe I'll make a barley wine for the summer. <laughs> summer barley wine. <laughs> uh, call well, it call it summer awake, summer not. That's right. I'm gonna call it porch liquor. <laughs> Just because that's where you end up the next morning, <laughs> yeah. licking the porch. <laughs> licking the porch. So, uh, let's see. We've got an interview here with John uh, Van Duzer from Boneyard, and it was recorded at Zwickle into February. We've been holding this little bad boy, flirting with it, teasing it, doing our thing. Yeah. And uh, I thought we'd give this a listen, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about Boneyard. Yeah. All right, Jason from the Timbers here with John from at Boneyard here. Just sat through your tour, your uh, world famous tour through the brewery itself. So thank you for that. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah. So um, talk to me a little bit about how long you've been at Boneyard. You talked about that on the tour, um, mm-hmm. kind of what your background is. So our podcast specializes to give us a little background information here. Yeah, you bet. Is uh, the home brewer experience. So we uh, talk a little bit about soccer, about beer, but really we target home brewers um, and helping them out through the process. So. This year, for instance, we're really targeting the homebrew shops, which are struggling as they start to go out of business for whatever reason. Right. Um, and then really talking about it from the tap house side is there's a ton of tap houses that have top, uh, popped up all over. How do we uh, keep them going? But then brewers like yourself that have been in the industry for a long time and kind of the changes that you've seen. So with that, talk to me a little bit about your experience with homebrewing um, and then that kind of career that you talked about early on. Yeah, basically, um, I started back at Deschutes like 23 years ago. Um, wasn't much of a home brewer, to be honest, but uh, I had some friends who were working at the brewery. They had me come in. Um, I started out washing kegs, mm. then went on to racking kegs, and then started home brewing to like show my mettle that I was ready to start brewing. So did quite a bit of home brewing during that period of time. Since then... Maybe not so much because I've been doing, I've been, you know, brewing a lot of beer mm-hmm. at uh, large scale volumes, but uh, definitely love to homebrew whenever I get a chance. You know, it's always a good time. Sit around, have a beer with friends and, and uh, you know, knock a couple back. Cool. So the transition from homebrewing to even like a small brewery is huge. I mean, massive jumps. So what does one need to do to be able to take that step? I mean, is it just the, just take the leap? Is it just take the jump? 
Um, is it lots of experimentation early on, just messing around with things, trying to figure out what sticks? Uh, what is the recommendation for a home brewer if they want to take that step or they think about wanting to take that step? Right. There's a lot of different routes you can go to get into the brewing industry. Um, I kind of did the on-the-job experience route. I know a lot of brewers that have gone to, you know, like I ended up going to Davis when I was working at the really? They sent me to Davis. So um, there was a lot of people in that course that weren't even professional brewers, hmm. you know. So there's that. That's a big leap. And then that's a OSU lot of, that's now, a, right? That's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That program's a really good program. Um, you know, I got Siebel, mm -hmm. another great program. That's a lot of money to put out front. Um, I'd probably recommend more just like trying to get into a small brewery, either volunteer your time or just get in there and show them your interest. Keep home brewing. Bring your beers in. Have them taste them. Just keep hitting them, you know, it's right. like, and then you're going to start out in a job that's low paying. I mean, that's just, that's part of the industry. Right. It's, you know, those, those jobs are hard work, low paying jobs. You pay your dues there. And if you're a hard worker and you're knowledgeable and you have interest in beer, you'll move up to the ranks and then get your shot at brewing. You know, you just got to wait too. It's got, it depends on the company, how fast they're growing, how many brewers they're moving through. You know, there's, right. a lot, there's a lot of variables there. Right. Well, what I heard you say is that early on money's tough, right? And we've we actually talked about that on the podcast is that this this idea that the brewer's position is a sexy, glamorous position. We see brewers, we put them on a pedestal, but there's a lot of hard work and plumbing and cleaning and a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, but you've got to put in that hard work at low pay. Um, but if you do that, then the big money comes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know. About no, my, right, exactly. My next thing is like, don't ever expect to make too much money. Right, know? but then you get to lead a Zwickle tour, you can, right? You can you can definitely make a living out of brewing, and like I've made a great living out right. of it. Um, especially you get on with a, a brewery that's a you know a little bit bigger. You know, you get benefits and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, the smaller breweries are great to like earn your earn your you know earn your credentials and like learn a lot. Um, anything you can do, you just got to just try and get your foot in the door somewhere. You know, you just got to yeah. just, you just got to be there. You got to be a kick-ass worker and you just got to prove yourself. And I think, you know, anybody can do it. It's right. just a matter of like, I know people that have pestered, like I've been pestered by brewers, like multiple, you know, like you're like, Come no, on, no, 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 we don't need anybody. We don't need anybody. You don't need anybody. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, we got a spot. Like that guy really wants it. And you're like, all right, well, so have them start racking kegs, you know, right. or, or uh, you know, cleaning tanks or whatever it is. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the growth of Boneyard. So I'm amazed because the last time I was at Boneyard has been about 10 years ago, maybe five years ago. I was at your location, uh, your original location, mm -hmm. and got the belly stamp from doing the shot ski and doing all that good right. stuff. All right. So yeah. a little too much You're there right. on that one. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. For, on 40th birthday. Yeah. So, um, so. Talk to me a little bit about this growth because this is crazy for me to come to this location and look at the huge brew setup that's here now. Right. Um, I'm staring at a go-kart or something like that right down here. Oh, but still Yeah, you guys have a lot of cool stuff that's floating here. Um, so what is the secret behind that growth? So RPM's huge, right? We just sampled RPM out of the tank. It's the gold standard. You said something about mid-80s as far as percentage, as far as what you guys brew. 80%. Yeah, 80s. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's massive. But what is the secret behind your guys' growth at this point, do you think? You know, that's a hard question to answer, but um, 
first of all, I think it's pure quality. Right. I mean, that's a it's a fantastic recipe that Tony came up with originally. We're always striving to like keep it cutting edge and good. There's always small adjustments you're making to beer to like, you know, you want it. You your beer's got to be tasting good. There's a right. lot of good. There's a lot of good players out there that are making fantastic beer. Um, I would say beer number one. I would say it's a really cool image. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Boneyard's got a really cool, like all their merchandise, all their stuff is really cool. It's all stuff that I want to wear. Right. Um, and just just hard work by, you know, all the staff and the people that work here just to make excellent beer. Yeah. I the- mean, Tony, Tony's, Tony's a huge part of that, too. I mean, Tony Lawrence, the owner, mm-hmm. is an ambassador. He's out there hitting the streets. He's out there, you know. He's out there talking to um, a lot of the retail accounts, um, and he's just always in touch with the with, with with the people that are out there in the industry. Yeah, I think that's the messaging is like Tony, guys like Tony, John Harris over at yeah. Ecliptic, um, some of these Art Lawrence. I mean, they're still out there slinging beers, trying to get tap handles, trying to do stuff on their on their own. And I think that's kind of the, to me the secret behind the success of this thing of why you guys are thriving and others maybe have faltered a little bit, right? I mean, there's a ton of competition out there. In the Portland area, we've seen a ton of, again, kind of this recession of beers. Bridgeport goes away and others go away too, which is sad, but it's also that natural cycle of if you don't stay on your game and you're not out there engaged with your product, then it eventually goes away because it's not relevant. So, Absolutely. We saw a lot of that in in the late 90s, like 96 when we were around, right. we saw a lot of breweries go away. Um, you know, things tightened up. That's where we're at right now in the industry. Right. Um, I feel like it's, on the whole, things are fine. You know, the good brewers are going to stick around. Um, Bridgeport was shocking. I mean, that brewery was Massive. one of the first, first breweries that I ever went to. When I was working at Deschutes, they were bigger than us. And it was like, wow, look at this place. It's so cool. Look at the packaging line. Look at, you know, Bridgeport yeah. was like, and like, their beers were always good. Like, I don't think I've ever had a Bridgeport that I was like... I agree. That I thought was, like, not good. But uh, staying current, making new styles, and, uh, you know, you gotta, you can't you can't just get caught in a rut. It's a, it's a dynamic industry right now. Yeah, well, Bridgeport set the standard for West Coast IPA, right? Yeah. I mean, Bridgeport IPA was the standard forever, and then it's gone. And actually, we interviewed on their closing day one of their brewers, and he was like, yeah. I mean, it, it no longer fits the class. People don't figure West Coast IPA, Bridgeport IPA is not that. It's not hopping now. Right, it's, it's not hopping now, which is weird, right? Now it's English before it was like this <laughs> right. super over-the-top hoppy thing. But when we like, talk standards, like it, it was yeah. the standard, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy how things have evolved, but again, things evolve for a purpose. Are you seeing any sort of recession at all or any sort of... Uh, closure thing here in Bend. I mean, because Bend's got this cool cluster thing going on. Redmond's got its thing going. Um, it seems to be pretty complimentary where the breweries are kind of supporting each other, especially with Zwickle, right? Is there any fears of that kind of downsizing here? Um, one of the cool things about the brewing industry is that people, like especially brewers, you know, where the sales and marketing might go a little bit different right. direction. Not not with us or because we don't really have much of a sales and marketing team, but um, the brewers tend to always get along really well, share information. It's pretty wide open. We're not like, there's no big secrets between us. Right. You know, somebody might have like a small secret that they keep, like this is our proprietary thing, but we're always sharing information. We're always more than willing to help other brewers. And it's like, it's competitive. Like, yeah, we want to sell beer, but um, one of the good things about here is we're draft only. Mm. 
we're pretty much maxed out on production. We could do a little bit more production maybe in the winter, but like in the summer we're maxed out. Um, we don't have that demand for bottled product out out in the field that can dry, can make things a little bit weird after right. a while. Right, absolutely. You know? it, so I think you, that changes the dynamic, it right? It changes the yeah. dynamic because you have retailers starting to have more influence on We're what totally. you're making and what you're doing. So draft only is a dream. Right. You know, it's great. Um, we're not working graveyard shifts here at Boneyard. So we brew, three, we brew three <laughs> days a week. I've worked in places where we've worked graveyards and it really sucks. So we're pretty happy where, where we're at. Cool. You know, things are, things are steady. Things are doing well. And I think we're in a really good place. Cool. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. I know you got probably tours lined up here and yeah. a long day. So happy Zwickle. Hey, thanks yeah. a lot. Appreciate Absolutely. It. John Van Duzer from Boneyard. Booyah. Pretty good interview, man. Yeah. Yeah, very definitely. Um, I, I think one of the things in that interview that really stood out to me was when you, you look at, at the different market segments that a lot of brewers try and hit and, and what they try and do production-wise and and get their name out there and all this other stuff. Boneyard seems to be very comfortable where they're at and not wanting to go the full like bottle production and putting it outside and all this other stuff, which is kind of cool to see and, and unusual pre-COVID-19 because everybody else was trying to push their product wherever they could get it. Yeah, I wonder about now. I haven't checked in with them COVID yeah, now. Yeah, that, that would be interesting to see how that model's held up with people not being able to go out and get stuff. But at the same time, if you can still go to your, your beer production place and, and get growler fills, they may be okay. I don't know. Well, you're drinking a beer right now that was only drought up until COVID, and they started doing uh, cans. And so that's, yes. that's that deal. Barley Brown said, hey, look, we need to do something to move some of this beer that we've got versus having it rot. And <laughs> it seems to have... <laughs> to have done really well well yeah i think you get a, a beer with that notoriety yeah and i think rpm could be that beer too hop, right hop venom could be that beer yep um people would line up for that right especially if it was like brewed fresh and you're gonna get that great fresh floral bouquet off it and yeah um and canning allows for that bottle bottle not necessarily but right. the canning definitely allows for that so um. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So that uh that tour was during Zwickle, and there was probably sixty five, seventy people in this tour that he led. And there's no way that um no way that he could interact with most of the people with how large that group was. Right. So I just kind of hung towards the back, hung towards the back, and we walked into their sour beer space and. Uh, Waited for everybody to cycle out, and finally it was just him and I, one-on-one. Debbie had already gone out. And I was like, hey, you got time for an interview? And he was so gracious. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he just led a big tour. He was getting ready to lead another tour, and he spent that time with us. So huge, huge thanks, John. And uh, Boneyard, you guys did awesome, awesome tour. We're fans of the brewery, and... Uh, Again, we'll be by, I guess, next time we're in Bend. Yeah. So. Cool. All right, man. Well, what else is going on? We got a... Uh, you're not brewing? Not yet. Going to be brewing. We talked a little bit about that. Right. Um, how's the contacts over... We got this deck of cards staring at us. How's yeah, our contacts did. doing? 
I'm gonna have to get a contact name from you for <laughs> um, for Pelican. Why? So I can get that set up. The problem is I don't know when to set it up for, but we got to get that conversation started with them. Yeah, right. Well, I think we just have to get it going and uh, see how it goes. Mine was with Waltz Brewing um, over in Force Grove. So, and I've done no better, so I need to do my piece of it. <laughs> but what I'm proposing is we draw another couple cards. No. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to add to the heap. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. We'll see how this goes. Are you farting? Nope. That's you, that's you cutting All the right. deck. Here you go. Cards are here. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, boy. Any ideas what that one is? Not without my glasses. <laughs> it's a lot of fine print. I believe I got... Looks like Double Mountain. I got Rusty Truck Brewing. I got Double Mountain. What's the number on the card? Uh, I'll play your silly game. What is it? It's the Ace of Diamonds. I guarantee this is Double Mountain. You think so? Oh, yeah. What do you think, then? Because it says Double Mountain on their pint glass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for the details. Yeah. Out of what city? I couldn't tell you. Hood River. Right next to oh, Full yeah, Sail yeah. in those yeah. Double Mountains out of the uh, next session. Yeehaw. Yeah, there you go. So now you got to add that on. you got Double Mountain and Pelican. And Pelican, yeah. I pulled Rusty Truck. Where the hell is Rusty Truck? You don't know Rusty Truck? I don't. My lord. So Rusty Truck is... I know a lot of Rusty Trucks in Wyoming. Lincoln City. Wow. Lincoln City, huh? Lincoln City. So we've got... That's probably why I don't know much Pacific about. City. Yeah. Lincoln City. Yeah. Hood River and Force Grove. We're going to be bouncing all <laughs> over the place once this COVID-19 shit's over. Again, we're drawn from uh, a deck of cards, hand-illustrated by Aaron uh, Yornoff Trotter. We'll call him Aaron Trotter. So <laughs> Call him A.T. 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 So, all right. I've got Waltz and Rusty Truck. Yep, and I got Pelican and Double Mountain. you got to get the interview set up, baby. I don't yeah. care which order. Yeah, yeah, now we yeah. got two. Well, so now the question is, are we doing these in person? Well, we can't. Good old Kate Brown's got a order on us to stay home. Yeah, well, my constitutional rights say I don't have to. <laughs> well, unfortunately, most of the breweries are going to be shut down. So. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> we probably should try to set them up. Uh, like Pelican would be a good one to do online. Okay. Um, because I thought we were going to do that in person because we were going to go skiing. This is why we drew more cards, so. Maybe we'll oh, look. I see. And then we can always go out and do a in-person thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right? We still got to ski, but I got to find my boots. Yeah, you got to quit messing around and get that done. Boots. These boots are made for walking. <laughs> up in the sand hills. That's right. I wonder how that's going to go, walking and ski boots up a sand hill. Yeah, I don't know. I may be taking my boots off and carrying them up the sand. Yeah. And then clipping yeah. in. Yeah, that might work. Uh, what did you think of that pallet jack? Is it everything? Did it live up to everything? It did. Yeah. It lived up to everything and then some it's gone. And? It's a pretty good beer. I'm not an IPA guy, but that's a pretty good beer. Well, what I just cracked 
I've uh, I've got a really good friend, uh, Sheila Bright Romero, and her husband that absolutely love that beer. What beer? Uh, Palajack. Uh, they used to homebrew quite extensively, and they moved. And when they moved, they found that they could actually find better beers that than you know going through the effort of home brewing and pallet jack was one of those that uh that they found that they absolutely love it they're down in eugene i believe big shout out to her and her husband they're both uh in the hospital industry so they're um front line day-to-day seeing a lot of what's going on right now so uh but they love pallet jack they love ballardy browns too that's one of their favorite breweries well i just cracked us some pliny the elder how big change up Here's the curveball, kids. Curveball. Much more floral, in my opinion, than the pallet jack. Yeah, that's interesting. Which is probably blasphemy when you're talking about Pliny the Elder. Right, Pliny. Top two uh, IPAs. Yeah. But it's definitely got a more floral aspect to the hops than the pallet jack does. Not sure why that is. Not so sure... I don't think it really holds up as I think about because I've had this since probably last year. Yeah. yeah, and it's been refrigerated, but the uh, it's not quite as wham with the hops. I feel it's like it's not, lost some yeah, character. It's not the palate, or it, it's not the Pliny the Elder that I remember fresh out of the bottle. Right, right when we got it. So I don't think something about sitting in the fridge for a little bit. Yep, I think you're right. Versus you're sitting next to this pallet jack that just went wham. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a pallet full of hops. Fresh out of the can. Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But interesting. Two different beers. Two big epic beers. Two totally different beers. And the second week of IPAs. Is it really? Yes. What did we do last week? IPAs. And, oh, that's right. We did a uh, yeah, full we, sale. We did a full set of IPAs. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, you tried to trick me. Yeah. What are we going to do next week? Uh, IPAs. Belgians. Ooh. Nothing but Belgians. Belgian sours. Stinky feet Belgians. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could do... Uh, <laughs> I just puked in my mouth. We could do... Yeah, we could do sours. Grab a Little Beast, grab a Cascade... Grab a Degard and grab a some other one. Yeah, the problem is we're gonna have to find those in the stores because I I've got nothing left in the beer library as far as the sour goes. Really? Yeah, nothing. It's all wiped out. I've got some bubonic plague. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. I got one bottle of bubonic plague. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to crack that open next? No, not not for this <laughs> session. No, no. All right. You know what we're going to do? Um, no. White Claw Seltzers from here on out. Black mm. Raspberry. Uh, no. That's like tequila for me now. So that means you can drink tequila now? No, I can't drink either one. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Not really. Why? Well, when you get sick off of both of them, you don't ever want to drink them again. I know. I've been sick off of tequila a lot, and I still want to drink it. Hey, I'm sorry. (laughs) I like the worm. 
my body is actually accustomed to like not drinking poison. <laughs> yeah, because that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what? We're drinking Rainier from here on out. Ranier's, just like Longmire. There you go, little Ranier, <laughs> the big R. I'm gonna have a big Ranier. <laughs> We're going to do a blind taste test with four cans. <laughs> They're all going to be Ranier, but we're not going to know the difference. That'll be funnier than shit. <laughs> yeah. All four cans are the same, and I guarantee that we'll, we'll have to have like either Cam or Debbie package these up, make it look like it's something other than what it is. So when we both do these four testers, I guarantee we'll come up with four different taste tests. Oh, totally. And it'll be the same effing beer. So I had a uh, Pono Brewing from over at John's. They had a uh, crowler that was sealed they were selling. What was it? Pono, P-O-N-O Brewing. Oh, interesting. And, and they uh, had a pineapple Kolsch. No. It was ridiculous. Was it pretty good? Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was good. And then they had another beer called Black Hole Sun. Oh, and Black Hole Sun was, I don't want to hose this up, but I believe <laughs> it was a uh, what kind of a white stout type thing. Really? With toasted coconut. Oh, I'll bet that was good. Yeah, and it truly wasn't white. It was a brownish, but yeah, it was uh, It was a very light beer. I want to say it was a lager type of beer, but yeah. with toasted coconut. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, so both those beers were kind of uh, that tropical type feel. It's with almost the what I call a beach beer. The pineapple coals definitely was. Yeah, like wishing it, you're sitting on a beach drinking one of those beers. Which got me thinking of if you did a Kolsch or did a lager and then you put pineapple juice into it, what would that do? I don't know. That's that that could be my uh, beer after the um, white stout. Do some, like, dull pineapple juice into it. Yeah. Or, like, even the pineapple juice that's in, like, with the actual chunks of pineapple. Ooh. You could call it a, a chunky. Not a hazy. Pineapple coal. But a chunky. <laughs> oh, that's how I like my ladies. <laughs> what do you got in the bottom of your glass? <laughs> uh, some chunks of pineapple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chunky. Chunky. Yeah, I'm going to just ignore what you said earlier. <laughs> Why? Just because. <laughs> just let it go right by? Yep. Right off the back. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, I don't really have anything else. I think this is going to be a shorty but goody. Yeah, it'll be a shorty. It's, um, a, it's good to Easter special. Oh, yeah, that's right, kids. It's Easter today. Yeah. What'd you do for Easter? Slept. No. Recovered from my night shift. We had uh, Audrey over. Really? And she had Easter dinner with us. It's Will and Nikki's uh, birthday, or not birthday, their anniversary. Is Nikki back? Nope. And Still not. so he yeah. went over there and spent time with her, and uh, and Audrey came and hung out with us. And I'm telling you, she's got a lot of energy. No, not Audrey. I'm saying <laughs> a lot of energy. <laughs> She's like, a ball of fun, though. She's a ball of fun. We had a fantastic time. But yeah. I'm like, thank God I didn't have a little kid right now. But you can only take one of those for like one day, and then you need a three-day break, right? Oh, shit, I was done after two hours. I'm like, <laughs> holy God. I'm like, I need a nap. 
So, <laughs> little Audrey. Yep. She's fantastic, but woo, ball of fire. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we did. So, had ham and scalloped potatoes and did all that good stuff. So, cool. It's good times. All right, buddy. Well, happy Easter to the listeners. Happy Easter to you. You as um, well. We will come up with something quite awesome for uh, next week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Tim Beers. <laughs>